This is the Doc Talk Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports, 2022, episode 36. Today we are recording the Doc Talk Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports, on location. We are at the Cross-Drain Draftworks in Millwork Commons, and oh boy, do we have beer to drink today. And Dr. Rob, what what are you drinking, by the way? So I'm drinking the Fairy Nectar Anniversary Blend. It's a little uh, uh, New England IPA, which I mean, it's kind of their... So they've had like this whole slew of different Fairy Nectars over the last couple of years. So they'll come out with like a double dry hopped Fairy Nectar, uh, this or that Fairy Nectar, so on and so forth. So they've done a blend of multiple different hopped versions of Fairy Nectar. And it's their anniversary blend. And guess what? It's delicious. Nice. I am actually going with a sour. I'm going with a vanilla banana now, sour. Would that be the Koala Tears? I believe that's what it is. I, th- I saw that up on the board. It is absolutely amazing. It's like, I, I, all, the best I can describe is like a banana cream pie or banana pudding. It's, it's. Wait, well, hold on a second. It's a sour? I, I just want you to, I'm, I'm, if you're watching on YouTube. Because I don't think of most of your pies as a sour. I, well, I'm I know just that. J- just take a drink of that and I smell it and let me know what you think. Okay, the smell is unbelievable. There's like 800 pounds of bananas in this thing. It is absolutely incredible. Holy shit, that's fucking delicious. <laughs> I'm looking up at the board. Okay. Thank God that that is only a 5% ABV because that would be like. Here's the great thing. I, I don't know. That, that was like, remember, you're, okay, we were doing the doc's diagnosis earlier today. Yeah. And your son was going through at uh, Owen. What? C- Country Western Bar. Yeah. Oh, he was talking about Beer Can Alley. Beer Can Alley, thank you. So Beer Can Alley posted a, like, Top 10 bad or wrong alcohol orders. Yes. And like the one he the, the one he said, like number one was, can I get a Tito's and vodka? Now, here's what it is. This was the top 10 uh, female orders when they're drunk. Okay, well, I wasn't going to go on that. I was just going to say top 10 orders. But I, I'm just like, just thank God this one's not 5% alcohol by, it's only 5, 5% alcohol by volume. Because this is one of those beers that, you have one or two of them, and that thing is tasty. You're so, going to want to keep drinking that all night. So the great thing about this is that it actually comes in cans right now. And as you get farther into winter, the sours aren't probably the most popular type of beer. You get into your your porters and some other stuff just because it's just cold outside your box. I like sours year-round. I'm kind of with you on that, right? And, and this place is phenomenal. Millwork Commons is really going to be this up-and-coming area in downtown Omaha, in the north downtown area. It's very close to TD Ameritrade Park. Uh, but I highly encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, this is this is a really cool place just to come down, hang out, uh, be in a really unique drink, part. Drink of, beer. And drink beer. But and it is a unique the part coolest of damn building ever. Yeah, I mean, this building goes back, you know, what, probably 100 years or so, yeah. just to the manufacturing days of Omaha. And I, and I don't even know what was in this building, but you walk in and you see. I'm betting it was a mill. 
that says, hence Millwork Commons. <laughs> Thank you very much, I Dr. Rob. I figure stuff out quick. You do. You I'm are super smart. You are absolutely amazing when it comes to that, man. Uh, but yeah, just a, just a spectacular uh, fruited. But yeah, beer. I'm a, I, I did not know about the koala tears, but you said they got it in cans? Yes. Yeah, there's a six-pack of that going home. Yeah, see, I, I thought, and it's unique, right? I've never once thought of putting bananas and beer together, but it's a unique it's a unique combination it, that, that I is, bet you have a glass before uh, on your next one. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to have one. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. So I was, in, uh, I was in Des Moines the last three days, and I got to sit down with Brian Bennett from Betfred Sports, and he, uh, he he's... Like in person? Yes. Yes. Well, you didn't tell me this. Yeah, he was uh, he was in town. The radio station I work for, KXNO, had his 21st birthday bash, and uh, you know I was up at the Bet I was up in Sioux Falls last week. I happened to stay at the Grand Falls Resort. Went to the Betfred uh, Sportsbook. Nice. And I, well, and you posted the picture. Yes. You said you said the sportsbook was outstanding. Yes, it, it really is. I mean, it, it, to me, it's the nicest part of the casino. I'm not a casino goer. Right, but it also reminded me how important it is when Nebraska finally does get everything going to get online gaming going. I mean, it's nice to go to a casino, but it, it, it's a lot easier to do it in the comfort of your own home. But I just want you to know, he, he is he loves what we're doing with the Doc Talk podcast. They couldn't be happier. Uh, they love the video that's being produced. They, they, uh, they're happy with the, the podcast, and it was just nice to hit good feedback from, from those guys. Love hearing that. And I would say, too, I mean, I, I've spent time in sports books. If you're a, if you don't even have to gamble. If you're somebody who likes no. to watch, there are few better, I'm going to call it a commercial man cave. There are a few better places to go to watch sports. Than a sports book. Yep. I mean, it is a sensory overload. It's a sports gasm. That's a good way to look at it. It is. A, it's a sports a, gasm. A sports gasm. Um, and if you want to uh, drive over to Iowa, if you want to drive into Colorado or even Arizona, we're offering you a free $20 bet uh, if you download the uh, Betfred Sports app in one of those states. And uh, just use the promo code DOCTALK. And you're going to get yourself a free $20 bet from our good friends at Bedfred Sports. And I think we're going to have a lot more uh, really cool stuff coming up, uh, you know, next year when it comes to to, to Bedfred Sports and and uh, being offer being able to offer you even more uh, more cool stuff as we go along. Uh, Dr. Rob is wearing our newest shirt, which you can get uh, on uh, the Podbean site or on the YouTube description of this podcast. It says Die Hard is a Christmas movie. We talked a little bit about it last week, but Dr. Rob finally got uh, got here. I didn't get one because I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Fuck you. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm Why sorry. do you hate Jesus? I, I don't hate Jesus. I love Jesus. Why do you hate Bruce Willis? I, I don't hate Bruce Willis. How about this? I don't even like Die Hard that much. Now you're mad at me. Now, now you've, like, lost all the respect for me. Now, you may know somebody who is a diehard Okay, fan. wait. Hold, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, you know, I'm kind of a sappy dude. My favorite Christmas movie is The Family Stone. The Family Stone has... I don't even know if I've seen that. Yeah, it's a... Is it, that Hallmark Network? No, it's not a Hallmark Network, but uh, 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 Luke Wilson is in it. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is in it. Uh, Craig T. Nelson is in it. Coach. Uh, there, there's a lot of famous people in this movie. 
Uh, it didn't get it didn't do very good reviews, but for some reason it just hits home with me. And if you were to ask what my favorite Christmas movie is, it's just a sappy, feel-good story. Okay, so sappy Christmas mu- yeah. Christmas movies. Um, I like Love Actually. Is that a Christmas movie? It, you know, it, it, it spans it, Christmas, so I'm going to call it a Christmas and movie. It's, and it's really because the point is the Christmas song. It's a rom-com. If, yes. Yeah, so, it, if you it's really a rom-com. love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to call it a Christmas okay. movie. And, and there's a lot of stars um, in that movie, And then the too. other one is, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it. It's another rom-com, I'm sure. I'm, I'm like a sucker for that. I'm, I, I'm losing respect here. No, you're Amongst not. Amongst our listeners. Because you know but. what? Secretly, I think guys like rom-coms more than they like to lead on, right? They, 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 they'll they like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, can, we can go down that direction. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean. Oh, definitely, maybe. That's the movie. Definitely, maybe. I'm gonna, I don't think I've seen definitely, maybe. Oh, that's a good one. I, ha- I, I, I have seen Love Actually several times. Yeah, that, it's and, always, I, I love these. Definitely, maybe. Love Actually. So you, so I will watch definitely maybe. You have to watch The Family Stone. All right. How about, uh, I, I mean, like Polar Express. I mean, that's a good one. But yeah, it is. It, it's in it, the book was really good, right? So, you know, and you like Robert Zemeckis doesn't make bad movies. When you put Tom Hanks in something, it usually doesn't. Yeah, stop. that's probably a good point. Yeah. So, so I like, yeah, I like do, you know what, do you know who else makes a great Christmas movie? Bruce Willis. And in and, and Die Hard? Now, do you like and Elf? And Hans Gruber. Hans, Hans Gruber makes a great Christmas movie. Do you movie. like Elf? Do you, do you watch Elf? Elf is outstanding. You sit on a... What is it? You sit upon a throne of lies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's so many good Christmas There was just so many good one-liners yeah. out of that one movie. I'm going to screw them all but up. But if you so. want that shirt, and I'm telling you right now, you probably know somebody in your life who loves Die Hard. Uh, it's only going to be a limited time only. It's going to be available through the holidays. Uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, uh, and it's it's from our Ray Gun Custom, and this shirt is comfortable. Oh, my God, they're so comfortable, yeah. which that might actually be the most consistent feedback we've gotten from people who've yeah. ordered the shirts is forget what's on it. This is the most comfortable shirt I've ever worn. Yes, and, and I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. I'm, I'm about 95% sure that they weave, like, Novocaine and cocaine <laughs> into the shirt itself. That's how comfortable these things are. See, that, and uh, you can get the, the Sorry Dave t-shirt. You can get, uh, uh, it's called Life Grab a Helmet t-shirt. Uh, if, we, if we lose, we still booze t-shirt. Diversified portfolio. D- diversified I was wearing that earlier today. Yeah. Like, I walked into your house wearing diversified portfolio, yeah. and you're like, yeah, no, you're putting on Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Well, because movie. I, you know, you know and I, that's I all, that and that is kind of my thing. I, it's like, for some reason, that movie just kind of, I, I loved it as a kid. Yeah. Which, when I say kid, that was like high school or college. Yeah. But, um, Love the movie. I love all the diehards. I love the fact that, dude, it's a Christmas movie. There you go. It is. You've got redemption. You've got violence. I mean, that's like Christmas in a nutshell. Christmas 
in a nutshell. Yeah, redemption and violence right there. Cool part is we are recording at the uh, Millwork Commons uh, Complex. We're at the Cross Train Draftworks. Uh, our good friend Connor Orr is here. Uh, he'll be stopping by, talk a little bit of uh, NIL, because uh, he's got a big NIL symposium coming up, I believe, uh, this week down at the University of Nebraska Law School. Chad Carr is here from uh, uh, Tickets for Less. It used to be Ticket Express. Now it's Tickets for Less. So we'll talk to Chad about what's going on at uh, Tickets for Less and uh, catch up with him. But, uh, you know, yesterday, and we we're recording this on a Sunday, Nebraska was beaten at Michigan 34-3. to Michigan kicked a field goal late to cover the spread. Largest spread in Nebraska history. So, you know, I guess at this point, Nebraska lost. It will not be going to a bowl game. There's a lot of uncertainty. We'll get into the rumors that were flying around this week. What does this team have to play for? Honest to God, what does this team have to play for with two games left? At it's, home against Wisconsin and on the road at Iowa. It's a, that's a tough question. And, and I didn't, you know, when I went through, you know, when I went through my career at Nebraska, it, it's, it wasn't like we were always playing for a national title. I mean, you had years. I mean, my junior and senior year, yes. Freshman and sophomore year, no. And so you'd get to that point in the season where you knew you were not playing for that title. There is a ton of pride on the line, and that's kind of the biggest thing is, I mean, you're out there for a reason. You're out there for the love of the game. You love playing the sport. You've got pride of performance, of being able to go out there, represent the team, represent the guys that you're, that, that you're out there playing next to and representing the school. And those are the things that I think become foremost in mind from a motivational standpoint for a lot of these players. Um, it's, you know, and everybody wants to play for that title. If you think about it, I mean, the way the playoff is stacking up right now, you've got about four, maybe five teams that have a shot at getting to the playoff right now. I guess I'm still kind of including LSU in that mix, maybe Alabama's a maybe. Um, Alabama, it, you think so? I think Alabama is, is essentially out. I really I, do. I, I think that as well, but at the, on the flip side, you look at the, the latest AP poll, they're sitting in eighth. Yeah, but the AP poll doesn't matter. I, no, I, and I mean, it's, it's, I get that. But, I mean, I think anybody who's two, two or three spots outside of the top four, well, that would be four spots out of the top four, still has maybe a little bit of an outside shot at it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. You've got some kind of some questions with how does the Ohio State-Michigan game affect things because you've got two undefeated teams that are going to play each other. One of them's going to end up with a loss here. It, Do they stay in the top four? And I would be shocked if they did not. But that's also that a little bit of an open door there depending on how bad the loser of that game gets beat and how good kind of that fifth place team, sixth place team at the time is looking going into that. You know, it, it to me, it's striking that really what happened, the, the, what hasn't changed in the college football playoff poll, it's still beneficial, beneficial to lose early. Look oh, at LSU. 100%. LSU has two losses, right? Now, if Michigan and Ohio State one of them's going to lose because they've got to play each other. Let's say it's a three, four, even seven-point ball game. 
right? Does LSU with two losses jump ahead of one of those two? Because to me, I don't think it should. I, I would think not. And I think a lot of that is where when you look at the, the, the college football playoff committee, the hope would be is the, the reason the committee's there is to make those decisions where you'd say, listen, is a one-loss Michigan team or a one-loss Ohio State team more deserving than a two-loss LSU team? Now, LSU, the, the one thing that's benefited them is the fact that one of their losses was very early in the year. I mean, it's it essentially the season-opening game against Florida State, who's now in the top 20 poll. They're not 25. I think they're 20th this week in the AP poll. So all of a sudden, you've got Florida State's been playing very good ball, very consistent ball here over the course of the season. Are they a top 10 team? No, but they are a top 20 team. And all of a sudden, that, that, that early season loss to Florida State, it's looking very much like a quality loss. I, I hate saying that, but it, it is. So that helps them out a lot. You've got the win over Alabama, which it, it tells you a lot about how much clout Alabama has just as an institution within the world of college football that at this point, any win over Alabama is, I mean, is meaningful, it's impactful, and it impacts things like this. It, I mean, uh, hell, back in the day, a win over Nebraska used to mean that. Well, it did. Doesn't anymore. <laughs> it has zero impact now. But, I mean, that's one of those things where when you look at these situations, there's going to be probably this year not as much. I think you are going to truly have maybe probably two teams, maybe three teams that are going to be on the outside looking in going like, oh, God, we, we really think we deserve a shot at this and we didn't get it. I don't think it's going to be much more than two teams. But this is, this is, again, the reason why I look at the playoff and have an incredibly favorable view on expansion, where I think, I think eight is too few. I think 12 is reasonable. I think 16 would be outstanding. I'm a more is better guy at this point. But, and I'm not saying you got to go to 24 teams. I don't think you got to be like Division II NC2A where it's, I think it's 28 teams go into the, go into the playoff. Um, NAIA is the same way, where you've, you've got a lot of teams going into the playoff every year. It doesn't have to be like that, but I think 12 to 16 is a reasonable number. Well, and we know and but we know we're going to see 12. It's, agree, it's agreed upon and now. I get that, that, that number. Yeah, so 12's coming, but all of a sudden, I mean, it's, it's, there's a hell of a lot easier to, argument to make about some of these teams that are hanging out, all, that, that are going to ultimately end up in fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth place, who are going to have a little bit of that argument for wanting to be in the playoff. Those teams are going to be in now. Those are going to be easy arguments. The guys who are sitting in 13th, 14th, 15th place who are going to sit here saying, hey, we should have made the playoff, it's going to be like, okay, yeah, I get it, but... Geez, you know what? Get get higher than fifteenth, and you're, and you're going to do just fine. So you know, it's it's taken a while, but I do believe, and I could be wrong. I'd like to get your opinion here because I'm wrong a lot. Is that you I think, are from Iowa? Well, no, that's not. I'm just saying this might be the year we've seen the most parity. I still think Georgia 
is pretty darn good. Ohio State and Michigan. But I still think I don't. There, there's more, it just seems to me you more parity. Yeah, I don't. You look at um, – see, Georgia doesn't have the regular season game against Alabama this year. That would have been the, yeah. that would have been at least within the SEC the interesting common opponent for several of these teams. I mean, right now it's kind of Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's played Tennessee, Alabama's played Tennessee, um, and so Tennessee's sitting there. What I think they're in fifth place. I think they're uh, they fifth, were, I think yeah. they're fifth in the most yeah. recent AP poll. But screw you can't screw the AP poll. Well, I know, it, I, but it's it, it's it's fairly close to the playoff poll. Well, here, I'm just, I'll pull it up. I mean, yeah, at, I'm just, at, I'm, the, at I the end of the day, you, you, we got to quote the, we we got to do the college football playoff poll. No, I get it. I just I hadn't seen that released yet, so I, I well, saw that, that won't be out till Tuesday. Yeah, so. the AP poll was out early today, and that's why I'm kind of going off of that as sort of a pseudo measuring stick here. Um, I, I think Tennessee's kind of that common measuring stick for these teams, and Georgia absolutely dominated them. I, I, it's hard for me when you look at Alabama versus Tennessee that Alabama loses. Uh, and was that that? Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that was an overtime game. Which one? Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, Tennessee yes, won. Yes. It's, either way, it was a late in the game versus overtime win over Alabama in Knoxville. So it's, that's, in my opinion, that's almost a wash. So my take on it is when I look at that, I don't think Alabama and Tennessee are that different in terms of quality. Um, but it's, Georgia doesn't play Alabama this year. They did play Tennessee. It wasn't this utter blowout, but, I mean, the game was not close. Georgia won going away by two or, I think, two, two or three scores. Yeah. I thought it was, like, it was like 26 to 10 or 26 to 14, something like that. Either way, Georgia beats Tennessee by more than two touchdowns. It's, that was a decisive win over a team that I would say Tennessee's at worst fairly comparable to Alabama. It's, I mean, I think Alabama is still one of the top ten teams in the country. Do they deserve to be in the top four? No, not at least not at this point. But if you had a 12-team playoff, absolutely, Alabama deserves to be in there. Tennessee deserves to be in there. LSU deserves to be in there. So here was the college football playoff poll from last week. It will change because uh, Oregon got beat. But Georgia was number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, TCU number four. I don't see any of that changing and because Ohio State had a good win. Uh, now they played Indiana. Uh, oh, Georgia's going to stay number one. Michigan easily beat Nebraska. TCU with an impressive win. Uh, at at te- Texas. Did you watch that game yeah. by any chance? Yeah. That was, I, th- I thought that was probably a better win than what the score showed. Um, TCU had a late fumble. They got returned for a touchdown. And it was just uh, Max Duggan pulled the ball on his own read. Yep. Uh, the running back thought he was keeping the ball. It popped out. Defender picked it up, raced, whatever, like 60 yards for a touchdown. It, it, it was a gimme for Texas. I, I don't think that game was as close as the score showed. Oregon got beat by, by Washington. Washington. Uh, so USC is sitting there at 8-1. and one. So what I see happening is I, I see 
LSU going up to the number six spot. I see USC going to the seventh spot, and that's where it becomes intriguing, right? If, if USC were to win out, which I think it's – They got one loss. They've got one loss. They lost at Utah. Pretty close game. Uh, and I think Utah's – that's a pretty good program. Utah's 13th in the college football playoff poll at 72, so it's not a bad loss. It is not. That's a, that, a, that is a quality yes, loss. Yes, a, a quality loss. So – um, it's going to get intriguing with uh, with Lincoln with Lincoln Riley's team. I, I'm just saying, and I'm going to defend the Big Ten here. If Michigan were to go to Ohio State because that game's at the Horseshoe and not get blown out, and let's say it's a classic game, I don't I, see how you could drop Michigan out of the uh, out of the college or even Ohio State out of the college football playoff. Yeah, season. I don't. I think both those teams, whoever loses that game, I think. Again, when you look at the big picture and the other teams involved, I have a lot of trouble bouncing either of those teams out of the playoff. Yeah, and what's going to happen is this is going to be the classic SEC against the Big Ten, right? And you're going to get – this is going to be like – how come it takes so long to count votes in Arizona? This is going to be ESPN is influencing the SEC because the Big Ten is is basically giving the middle finger and going somewhere else. (laughs) I'm telling you, this will happen. Well, no, I think it will. But it's just the thing that's interesting about this is you're going to potentially have – Two Big Ten teams in the playoff and one SEC team. Yeah, and that's not. The and, I'm o- and I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. Which I mean, we're both Big Ten guys, so I mean that kind of stands to reason. But um, like, I, I, now, now here's the other thing I would say as well. I also think the the one SEC team that's going to make it is the best team. Yes. I mean, when you look last year, you look at what Alabama did to Michigan in the semifinal. I mean, that was... Boy, that was kind of a beatdown. It was. That was a beatdown. Michigan did not look very good against Alabama. So I have no... Pro- I have no problem saying the SEC's got the best team in the country. I'm perfectly fine with that, but I do, I do, I would have a problem if the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game does not make the playoff. And, and part of it is, is because over the last several years, we've watched the loser of the SEC title game make the playoff. Heck, last year, the loser of the SEC title game won the national title. So it's... There you go. So you, you, you got to watch Michigan. We've talked a lot about Michigan. We haven't talked a lot about the Nebraska game. Um, your thoughts on – your overall thoughts on the game because your grades came out. You're getting a lot okay. of comments on okay. the grades. Okay, let's do gr- – can we do grades? Absolutely we can do grades. So, um, well, hold up. I'm pulling them up on Twitter so I can, <laughs> so I can remember them because it did kind of – it did kind of like bring up a few questions here. So, um so when you look at the grades, well, hold on, I'm, I'm trying to find it now. Now, now people got the beer t- tweets running here. So, are you having a hard time figuring out your profile? Well, it's not my profile. It's the fact that I'm I'm going through Twitter. Yeah, we post grades. Yes, it's what do we got here? 
Here you go. Here's your grades. I found them just as fast as you. Okay, I got them right here. Right. But I mean, it's no. It's just the number of uh, the comments? number the number of comments, retweets, and et cetera. It it it, it jumbles up the my timeline here a little bit. So, okay, Michigan running game C minus. So first off, with all of these grades, including Nebraska's running game, yeah. the thing you got to take into consideration is who you're playing. And I do grade a little bit on a curve depending on who you're grading. If Nebraska, if Nebraska has this performance against Northwestern, against North Dakota, against Georgia Southern, that's like a D minus or an F. It really is. Yeah. This is against a playoff team. This is against a national title contender. This is against a team that's probably one of the top two teams in the conference, which also means it's going to end up going to the playoff. If you win the Big Ten anymore, you're going to the playoff. This year, if you finish second in the Big Ten, you're probably going to the playoff. If you finish second in the Big Ten East. Because, I mean, that that's it, yeah. yeah. I, Actually, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, yeah, second place. Okay, do okay. I'll say this: Iowa's going to be the second place team in the Big Ten according to the Big Ten title game. Well, and, and they are not the second best team no, in the Big Ten. No, no, they they have the best defense in the Big Ten. I, I and I they and, might have the best defense in, in the, the nation country, in, in the country. So you know, everybody says Iowa controls its own destiny. That's an inaccurate statement. So and Illinois controls its destiny. Illinois, if Illinois were to win out. Illinois will play the Big Ten Championship against the East Division. Here's the problem. Illinois, now with three losses, so does Minnesota, so does Iowa, right? Iowa owns the tiebreaker against Illinois, and Iowa and Minnesota will play this weekend. Illinois goes to Michigan this weekend. I don't think Illinois beats Michigan. I agree. So, at that point... Illinois is out. Illinois would be out, unless Iowa were to lose to Minnesota or to lose to Nebraska. Do you think Iowa loses to Minnesota? Um, it, that's an interesting game because of what's on the line here, right? I mean, yeah. Minnesota still has a shot at the Big Ten West Division title. Say, because if, so if Minnesota wins out. If Minnesota, and Illinois loses to, to Michigan. Minnesota Minnesota, Minnesota would go. God, that's nuts. I mean, it is really crazy what's going on here. And I, I believe Purdue has. I'm trying to. <laughs> Purdue has three losses. Not, not, not this year. Because right but, now, this year, the Giants. Hold on. So my Giants are staring down a seven and two start to the season if they hold on against Houston today. I actually this, this and, and they're in third place in the division at seven and two. But a normal. So I'm wrong here. Purdue's still in this thing too. Purdue's okay. at four and three. Illinois at four and three. Iowa's at four and three. And, and Minnesota. Minnesota's. Iowa has a tiebreaker Good against Lord. both Purdue and Illinois. Okay. Now Purdue. Now we're assuming that Illinois is going to lose to Michigan. Michigan. Purdue has. They're, they're out then. Yes. Per, yeah. Purdue is. So I think. Out. I think. It, well, Illinois. I think Illinois is out because I think they lose to Michigan. So what would happen then? Um, if Iowa were to lose, Purdue has the has the tiebreaker against Minnesota, having won twenty to ten. So I'm I'm doing on air research right now. Purdue has Northwestern left in Indiana. So 
they they should, quote-unquote, should win, win both. So, Purdue needs Iowa to lose and Illinois to lose. Okay. Okay? Now, Illinois or Minnesota needs to win out Illinois and Purdue to lose. I mean, it's convoluted, man. It is messed yeah. up. Well, the point I was going to make, this was like a couple of years ago where a basically a – like a six and eleven New York Giants team was one game out from winning the NFC East. That was the point I was going to with the Giants. Yeah. That's kind of the big. That's kind of the Big Ten West right now, where you've got this collection of teams at four and three. That technically you've got four teams still in it. Yes, that's mind blowing to me. All right, back to grade. So running game. It. Dude, it was not good. It, quite frankly, it was bad. I don't think it was bad as the passing game. Well, I gave the running game a C minus. I gave the running. I gave the passing game a C. I gave the passing game a C for no reason other than the fact they gave up, quote unquote, only two sacks. Yeah. It's it's at the point now where I think if teams really, really want to get after it against Nebraska's offensive tackles. There's some basic stuff you can do in th- on third third and longs where you can get after them and they're not going to be able to stop you. And I thought Nebraska did a good job in terms of keeping extra blockers in to protect those tackles a little bit and really limited the damage against what is frankly one of the better defensive lines in the Big Ten. I'm not saying they're the best, but they are one of the better defensive lines in the Big Ten right now. Michigan is outstanding on defense. That is a very, very good defensive football team. And the fact that both in the run game and the passing game, as bad as Nebraska was, given the fact that they were out there for most of the game with a third-string quarterback, and, and I mean... I don't think you can understate that enough. I mean, I think if Nebraska's out there with Casey Thompson trying to sling it to Trey Palmer, it changes a lot of stuff in this game, and that just wasn't going to happen. The fact that you're there with a third-string quarterback, Purdy goes down with that ankle injury late in the second quarter, it changed a lot, in my opinion, that Nebraska's offense was able to be, again, the sounds horrible to say it, but the fact that they weren't as bad as they could have been is the reason I gave the offense a C grade, offensive line included. I thought they actually did okay. I mean, it's against that defense, the fact that they, quote-unquote, only gave up two sacks was the reason I didn't give them somewhere in the D to F range. Now, were they able to move the ball effectively? No, not at all. But, it, again, it's against the best team in the conference. I think it's a hodgepodge. It's a patchwork offensive line. Teddy's not out there. Newelli's not out there. You've got two guys who are very good football players who you did have last year for a chunk of the season. When you looked at Prohaska, when you looked at Newelli, those are two guys that I think are – Probably, I'm going to call it third string, all Big Ten caliber. Those are really good offense. Yeah. Those are really good offensive linemen, and they, Nebraska hasn't had them really for any of the season here. 
And the fact that they weren't out there, that's the reason I gave the offensive line a C, is that you're going against arguably the best defense. Iowa's got the best defense in the conference. Don't get me wrong. Michigan's right up there. I mean, well, it's all on. The Big Ten's loaded with defense. I mean, it is. Minnesota's really good. Rutgers has a good defense. Dude, Michigan, Illinois's got a yes, good defense. I, I'm just saying, if you look right now at, at the Big Ten, defenses are absolutely loaded. And I, I'm go. I know you people are gonna call me a homer here. Iowa, to me, stands out amongst the crowd. And, Rob, of all my years of covering college football, it might be one of the best defenses I've ever seen. It's painful to watch because it's kind of like that 09-2010 era for Nebraska where they had just, I mean, that 2010 especially, you had this absolutely amazing defense. And if they could have just scored a few points, that's a title contender, not just big, not 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 just Big Twelve. I'm talking about national title contender. And that's where I, I mean, they scored an additional three points. They get one more field goal in the Big Twelve title game. Nebraska beats Texas and goes to a BCS bowl game. It's, yeah. I mean, that's it's painful, but that was an amazing defense. I was in that same boat, so I got to be honest. I totally feel. You look at all Iowa fans. I feel their pain because that's 2010 Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game yesterday against Wisconsin. We'll dive a little bit more into Wisconsin. I, I mean, Iowa may not win that game, or it's a lot closer than the 24-10 score because Iowa's defense had a pick six. You had a block punt that set up another touchdown, and then you had a couple key punt returns that led to scores as well. So it, it was so essentially damn near every score was set up by special teams yes. or defense. Yeah, and. and now, Which you, when I looked at, because I just looked at the score and I saw 24 to 10, I'm like, well, some of those changes on the O line had a difference. Rob, or made a difference. Iowa won the time of possession. They had 146 yards of total offense. What was the time of possession? Do you remember? Oh, I think it was like four or five minutes more. So it wasn't a huge one. Well, because Nebraska was down by 11 minutes, I believe, in time of possession. You know, so I mean. It's just one of those things where, you know, you always hear what you, I'm speaking from an Iowa perspective. People are like, well, you can't, you can't win a national title at Iowa. You, you gotta, you gotta do all this. Like, well, hold on. If you can have the best defense in the country, why can't you have the 30th best offense in the country? Why can't what, you have the, even the 50th best offense? Against? What's their offense? 128 out of 131. God, that's brutal. It's horrible. Which, honestly, yeah. I mean, if Iowa had, well, you made some comment to me earlier today. Something along the lines of if Iowa did in fact have the 30th best offense in the country. They'd be unbeaten. They'd be unbeaten. Yes. And we'd be talking about, like, hey, should Iowa be in the top yes. four? They'd be sitting there, honestly. Yes. They'd probably be sitting there in fifth play. Well, but, God, that might be interesting. Would they be fourth or fifth? But you made an interesting comment because let's bring it back to the subject of this podcast because people get sick and tired of me talking about the black and gold. We'll do that in a couple of weeks. But, you know, when we were talking about this before we recorded the Doc's Diagnosis presented by Centris Federal Credit Union, you looked at, I, I was explaining the, the scenario for, for Iowa, and you looked at me and go, Nebraska fans would kill for that right now. Well, yeah. They would. Yeah. Well, and, and when I say I'm not talking about being four and three in the conference, I'm talking about the fact that, I mean, if you really look at Iowa well, right now. you would now, take four and three in the conference right now. Well, we definitely take that. But um, so Iowa re very realistically, 
finishes regular season eight and four. And the Big Ten West Division champions. As Big Ten West Division champions. But I mean, if you're a Nebraska fan and somebody came to you and said like, okay, in the, at this point in time with what we've got down in Lincoln from a, from a coaching and or talent standpoint, you're eight and four, you're Big Ten West champs, would you take that? And right now, I guarantee every Nebraska fan on the planet, I mean, people would do anything for that. Yes. They really would, and I don't blame them. And that's, but and I that's will say this. I will say this. And I mean this as, as positively. They're not that far away. When a new coach, or even if Mickey gets it on a full-time basis, they're not the well is not as dry as it was at KU or some other places. No, and I and I firmly well, and I mean I'm talking about the offensive line alone. Imagine if you had Newelli back and Teddy Prohaska was totally healthy at left tackle. This would be a completely different offensive line. We'd be bitching and moaning about one spot on the O line. We'd be we'd be complaining about right tackle and right tackle only, and that would be it. And then the rest of the time we'd be sitting there and being happy about the fact that if you had those, I think those two guys are legitimately worth probably two wins at this point, at least, which puts Nebraska at what five and five. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, that's that's two guys who te- are still in the program. It's just one guy's hurt and one guy's suspended. So up next is Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Lost to Iowa yesterday, twenty-four to ten. So here's a question: What Nebraska? Yeah. Interim coach Mickey Joseph. Okay. Wisconsin. Jim Leonard. What's your thoughts on Jim at this point? You, you know, I I think they fired Paul Christ to get to Jim Leonard. I really do. I, I think they were worried about losing Jim. Yes. Yeah, and and I think they could say here was the downfall. Um, you know, defensively, I, th- I think Wisconsin is solid. Um, do, do you think they sacrificed this season for that end? I, I think if Paul Chris was still the coach, the, the, the results would be the same. So to, to answer your question is, yes, I think they said, you know what? This is – now, it could turn up to blow up, right? You don't know how these can have a, an impact on, on what happens. Well, and you, you here's have, the other thing. What if Jim Leonard is a really, really, really good D coordinator? And not a great coach? What if he's Buddy Ryan? He's a gr- he, he's arguably he's, one of the best D coordinators ever. Or if he's Bill he's Callahan. Not, yeah, great O-line coach. Not an O-coordinator, not a head coach. But, I mean, it's – yeah. What? Yeah. What happens is, is Wisconsin going to find this out? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I think they are. I mean, you you roll the dice. You don't know how this stuff's going to turn out. Nobody knew when Steve Peterson fired Frank Solich that it was going to be, you know, you're going to send to college football purgatory. Oh shit! I was totally worried about this happening. Well, I, well, I was. Upset. I think a lot of people were too. That is one of those like. Well, man, what did we just do? Is this gonna how how is this gonna backfire or not? So yesterday, which honestly, about the point we lost Houston Nutt on the tarmac in Arkansas, I was pretty <laughs> sure this was gonna backfire. So so yesterday against Iowa, uh, which we haven't finished grades by the way, we got to work back. To Mertz that. was sixteen to thirty-five, one hundred and seventy-six yards. Uh, he got sacked to sixteen of thirty-five. The fact that they threw it thirty-five times alone. 
is that is not Wisconsin football. No, uh, Allen had 17 carries for 40 yards. They ended up with. And I'm and I'm assuming you're going like he only had 17 carries. Yes. I, I, I they only rushed for 51 yards as a team. God, that's brutal. Now, like even like even I as a Wisconsin hater am sitting there going like, what the hell's going on in Madison? Um, so they had uh, they had. Uh, what three turnovers yesterday? Two turnovers yesterday, which you know. Which you said they had a pick six. Yeah, the the, the pick six was huge. Um, where Wisconsin is going to be, it, it comes down to Nebraska's offense. Hell, you're on your third string quarterback. You got an offensive coordinator now who's got a bum leg or bum body because he he got drilled. You even wonder if it, I, osteoporosis is a bitch. You know, it, it's. I, I just don't know what Nebraska can do offensively against this Wisconsin defense. I don't. I don't. How Okay, so let me ask you this. So, scale of 1 to 10. Was, Iowa, we'll say Iowa's defense is a 10. Let's use that okay. as a measuring stick okay. here. Um, let's, say, let's say Nebraska's is like a 3. Okay. Where's Wisconsin? 8, 9. Like... I mean that that's pretty damn high. I mean that's like almost as good as Iowa. Okay, seven. Okay. And, yeah, and the reason I got to say that is because the the truth is you can't use Iowa's offense as a good measuring stick. No, not at all. Yeah. I'm just talking defense only. Well, but it's hard when they when I watched them yesterday they sacked Spencer Petras six times. So you're like, oh damn. wow, exactly. So they, they, they sacked him six times, so you're like, okay, is this the – but then you got to pinch yourself and go, okay, this is the Iowa offense, which is just not very good. So you, 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 have, to, you have to do a, kind of a, a, how you do your grades. Okay, you face the Iowa offense. Are you that good? So I'll give, I'll give them a seven. How's that? I'll, gi- I'll give them a seven and say that's where, they, that's where they're at. You've got a shitty offense with Brian Ferris yes. running it. Yeah. So – all right. Here's, I mean, that that's the thing that I find interesting here is because I think Iowa does certain things in spite of themselves, and one of those things is they win some football games in spite of themselves. That's fair. And what I worry about is, I mean, you look at the situation where you've got people like me who I, I hadn't spoken with you yet. I did not watch the Iowa-Wisconsin game. Well, one— I was watching the Augustana football game. They kicked the shit out of Southwestern Minnesota State. Um, good end of season win, seven and four, solid nice. year, solid year. Um, and then I was watching the Nebraska game after that. Once the Augie game ended, I'm watching Nebraska, which was at the same time as the Iowa game. Yes. All I see is the score, and I see 24 to 10, and I'm like, oh. Those that O line shuffling that you were telling me about that Iowa did last week, that's continuing to pay off. Look at what they did, and then I sit down and I talk with you, and you're like, "No, no, 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 no." They might have even taken a step back on offense from the previous week because all four scores were essentially set up by the defense and or special teams. Now, I will say this. Where the offense has changed maybe earlier in the year, they couldn't punch it in in the red zone. And by earlier in the year, you mean two weeks ago. Really, three weeks ago. I thought they really started turning it around. That's not earlier in the year. Well, to me, it is. That's mid-season. Okay, but even go back to South Dakota State and and, um, – 
um, Nevada where they couldn't punch it in the end zone. Yesterday they got the ball in the red zone and they were able to use that field position and get in the end zone, which to me that's an improvement. There were times the offensive line looked good yesterday. There were times the offensive line didn't look very good. So um, I, I think still the switches have helped but I still think it's a work in progress. Do you see that changing for Iowa? And I ask that in the sense of, I don't know who Iowa's offensive line coach is currently. Do I see it changing? Do, do I see, well, they made changes on the offensive line. They, they, what, did, what did you say, they moved? Like the right tackle, yeah, the left guard, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so, I, well, I'm trying to think what it was. Uh, it was guard to tackle. Okay. And it, and it the, the, I mean, you mentioned last week, was that Purdue? Uh, they had, and they smoked Purdue. Yeah, so for the Purdue game, you mentioned it seemed yep. like that made a, kind of a measurable difference in terms of Iowa's offensive productivity yes, it did. Made against Purdue. But how good is Purdue? Well, not that good. My question is, is did you see at all that same kind of, okay, this offensive line is continuing to do well against Wisconsin? At times, yes. At times, no. Okay. I know, I know that, that it's kind of a wishy-washy answer. No, but, but I get it. Because the Wisconsin defense is, is, is a lot better, better than, than Purdue. Purdue. Yes. No, I totally get that. I, I just... I'm still stuck on this, like, how good actually is Iowa's offensive line? And going forward, I mean, is this like five seniors across the board that are going to graduate and it's going to be like, okay, there's going to be a lot of new blood on Iowa's offensive line. This will be great going forward versus now, are all of these guys back next year? Yes. And you're hoping. Loaded. And you're just hoping to God they continue to develop. Yeah, you got uh, you, you got Jack Plum, who's a senior. He's 6'7", 297. He graduates. Uh, you got Bo what, Steve. What position is Jack? He's a right tackle. Is he good or not? Uh, yeah, he's, he's okay. But he's, I mean, Bo Stevens is the redshirt freshman at 6'6", 307. Logan Jones, a kid from Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, is the center. He's a sophomore at 6'3". Uh, Connor Colby is the sophomore at 6'6", 308. He started the season at right tackle, and he moved to uh, left guard. So he's the one that made the And season. you felt that made a, yeah, made he, a difference. But he, in got hurt. he got hurt yesterday. That was, the, that, was the, that was the tough part. He got you know hurt. what the injury was? I think it was an ankle. He ended okay. up leaving. He'll come back from no. that. No. no, I just I, I look at these offensive lines, and you got to look at the personnel, and it can't be just a developmental standpoint because, I mean, some guys – I hate to say it, they don't necessarily develop very well. I, I look at Nebraska's offensive line, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens because Trent Hickson is gone. This yeah. is his sixth year. Use that COVID season. Trent Hickson is gone at center. That is a ton of starting experience that is gone. Now, a big chunk of that starting experience is at guard. But he's got a full season at center. He's gone next year. Um... Hopefully you got Newelli back. He's a brawler. He's like I said, he's a guy that in my opinion is a candidate for all Big Ten honors. I'm not saying he's first team, but I think he's a kid who picks up honorable mention, second, third string, something like that. Teddy Prohaska, the hope is is that he gets past some of these in, gets past the injury bug. And Teddy's back at left tackle. 
But I mean, if you can lock down a left guard and left tackle with Newelli and Teddy, that that's a really good yeah. they, side of the offensive line. You got to find a center. You're going to have to lock down that right guard spot a little bit better, and you're going to have to hope for development at that right tackle spot, and it's development that we have not seen as of yet. I would even make the argument that Bryce Benhart was a better offensive tackle as a redshirt freshman than he is this year. So you're gonna, it's, it's one of those things where you could sit here and go like, hey, we got, we, we got uh, Hunter Anthony and Bryce Benhart back. That's great. And I'm like, well, I don't know. That, that may not be great because we haven't seen the development out of those guys that you'd hope to see. And so some of that's going to depend on the coaching staff this offseason. Some of that's going to depend on those guys in and of themselves. And potentially do you bring in some guys through the transfer portal on the offensive line, which historically when you look at the offensive line, Power five division one teams tend to not pick up their offensive linemen through the transfer portal. It's a developmental process. Now, I'd love to take a look at University of Montana, and I'd like to go get Chris Walker back in Lincoln at offensive tackle. I'd love to go to Montana and get A.J. Forbes back at center in Lincoln. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys would be like, screw you, we're going to hang out here and yeah. be Grizzlies for the last year of our college career. I, I mean, do you think uh, Teddy Prohaska is healthy? I mean, the thing with Teddy is, is he ever going to be healthy? I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things. If you've got, I mean, kind of the analogy that I use is that if you've got a dowel rod that's an inch thick, if that dowel rod is six inches long and you hand it to a person and say, snap this in half, there's no physically possible way to do it. If you gave that same inch diameter dowel rod to somebody, but it's 10 feet long, yeah. you can snap that in half. You've got the leverage to do that. I worry about a guy who's 6'10 being able to have I'm just going to call it that leverage-based strength. Yeah. Now, Teddy's a guy that when it comes to the ability to play football, I have never seen a guy with those dimensions get as low as he does to the ground, to have that knee bend, hip bend, and be able to play the game of football like he did last year as a true freshman against Power 5 teams and perform prior to the ACL injury, prior to that knee injury. That injury is still healing. He injured the other knee earlier in the game. I think it was during the Georgia Southern game. He injured the other knee. I think it is a far less severe injury, but an injury nonetheless. And then I think he's got a, a little bit of a banged up shoulder as well. Those are things where you look at a guy that you start to wonder are these injuries going to start chipping away at his ability to play the game at a high level? Because when Teddy's healthy, that's an NFL guy. 100% that is an NFL caliber football player. And so I hope to God that stuff heals up because he's really, really good. Don't, I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. 
I just don't know if we're getting, I don't know if we're getting healthy 2021 Teddy back or are we getting like, like RoboCop, $6 million manned 2023 Teddy back. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. I, I don't know. You know, I can't believe we've, we're 55 minutes into this podcast and we're finally going to get around. I haven't I, even finished grades yet. I, I, I know. Well, you may not get to it because we're going to Okay, go let me do defense okay, real quick because that's the okay. one that has, like everybody comment, okay. you know, a couple of things. So there's two things here. One, Michigan's offense is, in my opinion, far better than what we saw on Saturday. It really is. I think we saw a, a – I think Michigan's offense, a little bit of a step back on Saturday. That was not the best Michigan offense we've seen, and I think they have performed far better against other opponents. I think they've performed better against better opponents than Nebraska. I think they took a look at that 30-point spread. I think those guys took a deep breath, relaxed a little bit, and that was not the best Michigan offense that you can see. That you could see. It's those guys are better, and that's one of those things where, at the end of the day, I thought Nebraska's defense a little bit lucky that that was the Michigan offense that showed up. Um, the other thing is, is this is an incredibly handicapped defense as well. I mean, you got a guy like Hendricks. Nick is not in. Yeah makes a huge difference for these guys. You got a true freshman in there playing at linebacker, um, and he made some huge plays. We go over that on the Doc's diagnosis where there is some very good reason to be hopeful going forward for this defense in terms of the talent that's in Lincoln right now. I like what I see. I mean, I love Ty Robinson. I love Hausman. I love some of these guys on that defense. I, I've got a lot of faith. Nick Hendricks is an insanely tough kid, and he's, a, he's, a, he's got a strong mind. He's a very good linebacker. That's a guy that I think is going to come back from this knee injury and perform well. Um, but this is a handicapped defense right now. They don't have all their starters. They are banged up. They don't have an offense to take the load off their back. And the fact that they went out and did not give up the big play, they, they, limited, they limited Michigan. Now, the problem is, is they limited Michigan to like six yards on first down and four and a half yards on second down. Well, that's another first down right there. But they didn't give up the 10-plus yard plays during, yeah. the, during the course of the game, and they, they did a good job of that very consistently. And for a defense that is vastly undermanned, that is amazing to me that they did that well against this caliber of offense at Michigan. That's why I gave them the grade they did. Okay. It's, it's, I, and I'll admit, it's a scaled grade. I, I'm, I'm grading on a curve here. I totally get that. But it is different. Doing, doing this against Michigan versus doing this against Georgia Southern, those are two different things. Now, I understand they, they lost to Georgia Southern on a late score at the very end of the game versus Michigan covering the largest spread in Nebraska football history. I get that those are two different things. 
the Michigan team we saw on Saturday, believe it or not, that is not the best Michigan 2022 that's out there. That was a little bit of a letdown Michigan team. And that's and Nebraska did did better than I thought they were gonna do on defense. Special teams gets their usual B. If they were winning more games, it'd be a B, B plus or an A. Yeah. But hey, there you go. So we didn't address it, and we're now an hour into this podcast, and we're, we're going to get to it, and that the rumor mill was really running wild. Listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the Deion Sanders thing was cracking me up, and, and we're, we're getting to this page. Well, and we had, what was it the week before where we had the – it wasn't Dion. I think it was. It was like either it was going to be Rule. Or, no, it was Matt Rule the week before. It was either Rule or Randa was going to get announced. Listen, listen. People are going to start throwing darts now, and that we're we're at the throwing dart stage. It's getting late in the year. People well, are getting impatient. And just let me say this, and that I, I, I think I know Trev Alberts fairly well. Trev has run this thing beautifully. If you think this thing's getting out before Trev wants it to get out. You're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. He owned the press conference when he fired Scott Frost. That might have been that. That was college. I was going to say, if if there is college courses in sports administration or university administration, that press but, conference alone was is like an entire semester. But, but Rob, what we're on here, how to run a press conference? If you want to know why pe- people are just looking for something to follow right now, I would. You remember the movie The Ten Commandments with, with Charlton Heston? Remember yeah. at the end when they crossed the the. That's Reds? a great. That's a great Easter movie. It, it is. So when they cross, you know what that movie is? Religious? Not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie, but it, it's a it's a Passover uh, movie. Uh, but here here's the deal. You remember when they parted the Red Sea and Moses went up on the mountain? Well, he was up there for so long that it, they, the people were becoming impatient. They didn't want to wait for Moses to come back, so they crafted the golden calf just to have something to, to worship and to celebrate. We're at the point now where fan bases and people are becoming, They're looking for a golden calf. They're looking for a golden calf right now. And they'll leech it. It's Matt Rule, the golden calf. Deion Sanders, the golden calf. Stop it. Just not, listen. I you cannot work in rumors. And for, I, I saw a podcast the other day, got thirty three thousand views, probably more than that because they did a podcast on the rumor. Listen, they're just rumors. Wait, now was this Zach Smith's I, podcast? I don't know who. Well, it was. Zach was the guy that started the. I, the which I mean, that's irresponsible. Well, it, it's, do you, okay. Do you think Deion Sanders is getting this job? No. No, it's irresponsible. Well, hold on. Okay, one, I, it's not so much that Deion's not getting it. Deion does not want this Thank job. You. It, it does not fit any of the boxes that Deion Sanders wants. By the way, yes, my New York Giants beat uh, the Texas, uh, the, Texas the, the Houston Texans. Texas. 24 to 16. I'm a little happy about that. seven and two, baby. It doesn't fit the boxes of what of what Dion says he Why wants to Why do you hate Dion? I don't. I think Dion needs a, a power five job. I just don't think uh, White Nebraska is the place to do it. He's passionate about the historically back colleges and universities. He's passionate about providing African Americans a, a shot at NIL and, and a different lifestyle. I just don't think Nebraska is that place. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I'm sitting here and all of a sudden, it's like I hadn't thought this before. 
But I would love to see Dion in Lincoln. Now he would. Could you imagine Dion and Mickey Joseph running a football program in Lincoln? You need an X's and O's guy. Um. You got to go get so you you got to go get an X's and O's I think guy. It, well I'm I, not saying as a head coach you better bring somebody in who can do the X's Yeah, but and I think you need a guy who is a I think you need a very 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 good Do you know who we need? We need Joe Mowgley in Lincoln. You need a good CEO in Lincoln and we have not had that at all. Cuz here's the thing. I actually think defensively, Bo was a pretty damn good X's and O's guy. Yes, and he th- developed th- talent. He's developed talent better than well. Bill Callahan had great offenses, crappy defenses. Yeah, well, and Callahan was also he and his staff were amazing recruiters. John Blake, um, cheater, now dead. God damn, dude. <laughs> Why do you hate Oklahoma? I don't. I don't. I'm just no, saying. Okay, but I, I'm just saying. Okay, anyway. I, I think Nebraska, they need a program guy. They need a CEO guy. You need the Trev Alberts of yes. coaches. Yeah, and first of all, Nebraska needs stability at the athletic department, athletic director position. I think you're going to have that with Trev now. I'm just saying. And Dion may very well end up being the coach. I'm just saying, don't jump at these rumors. Stop falling. Stop well, trying to crack your golden I mean, path. look at look at where the fucking rumors coming from. I know, dude. I mean, it, when it when a somewhat moronic piece of shit human puts the rumor out there, <laughs> well, am I wrong? No, you're not. I'm just saying. We live in a click. I'm just saying, like. I like it when our videos get a thousand views. Name a random sports, national sports journalist. Just give me anybody. Joel Klatt. Okay, if Joel Klatt put out there, I have on good account, good source, that Nebraska is in serious discussions with Deion Sanders. I would buy it a little more. I would. I'm not saying 100. percent I'm buying that like a, a solid. That that's an 80. That's a solid 85 yeah. percent for me. Listen, Trev's doing this. Trev. I'm just. I'm just. I know saying, Trev. Yeah. I know Trev personally. This is. This is. This oh is, no, Trev. Like, and I'm one of those. I totally agree with you. So here's the thing. I keep telling people, because all of a sudden, my Twitter DMs light up. My text threads light up. And people are like, holy shit, Dion? No way. Scotty and it's a, Strunk from Husker Hounds wrote me, truth to the rumor? I'm like, dude, and, dude I, Scotty texted me too, and I'm like, dude, Scott, it's, really? It's the no, golden come on, ca- it's dude. It's the golden calf, Rob. And I'm people telling, want something. It was, and I'm telling everybody, I'm like, dude, everybody needs to take a deep breath here. Look at where this is coming from. I mean, my bottom line is, and I've told so many people this and I'm telling anybody who listens to this fucking podcast that until you see Trev Alberts announce who it is standing at a podium with some dude next to him at the same podium and Trev turns to that dude points to that dude and says see this dude standing right here this is Nebraska's next head coach until that happens I'm not believing Jack Squall. I might see a if I see a press release from anybody in in-state Nebraska media saying, "Hey, 
Nebraska holding a press conference at 3 p.m. this afternoon to announce so-and-so as the head coach. I'm not believing it until I see Trev say that. Amen. Amen, brother. And that's what stop searching for the golden calf. That's all I'm trying to say is that. Is that going to be the title of this podcast, Moses by the is way? coming down off the mountain that need, pretty soon. That needs to be the title of this podcast. Stop, stop searching search. for the golden calf. Am I, did you like the analogy, though? I, I was in the shower going, this it's is perfect. Yes. It's perfect. And it, but it shows you how people want to believe in something. We have been lost in the desert for yes. 40 years. Well, it's it's starting to seem that way for a lot of Nebraska Well, fans. 20. Yeah. I mean, and people now just want to leech on something. They, they want to um, – they, they they want to they, they want to believe in something they want to they they just want news right they're not willing to wait until you know the day after Thanksgiving for a football coach to be named which and that's the thing that still surprises me about this is that there is so much talk that people expect this to be a decision that you're going to find out about this like in October or November early November. I mean, I just, I don't see, I mean, if Trev comes, I mean, I, because I, some of these potential candidates are guys that are going to be coaching in yes. bowl games. Yes. Or they're going to be trying to, they're going to be leaving teams who are going to bowl games. They're going to be turning everything over to their, to their coordinators, to their assistant coaches, to their replacements to come to Nebraska it, this is not going to be this, hey, we're going to know about this early, mid-November. Mm -hmm. No, we're not. No, it's going to happen the week or the weekend after or the week after the Iowa game. That's when it's going to happen. At, le at the least. I, I, I mean, at the earliest. Yeah, I, yeah, at the earliest. I mean, I think, Trev, I think Trev would like to have that decision made as soon as possible after the season ends. I'm just saying, don't, don't be sitting here during the second week of November, thinking this is going to be something we're yeah. going to find out. Hey, uh, we want to welcome back to the Doc Talk podcast because he, he took a little hiatus. Uh, I, who knows what shit you had going on in your life. But, <laughs> I mean, you, I think you've had a hell of a year, Chad Carr, from, from tickets for less now. Tickets for less. It was always Ticket Express, and Chad said, fuck it, I'm selling. Right? I did. I did. <laughs> I almost which, spent it 30 years. Which, so. hey, important questions right off the bat. I yeah. got to ask you, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking the Koala Tears. Damn. Um, and uh, it's really good. It has took like a Travis took Trav's advice. Here. I took Trav's advice and been hanging out with his fam, and uh, his wife suggested that, and uh, it's really good. Did you talk to my son about the Iowa tickets? I did not talk. I talked to him about, I think, about everything else other than the <laughs> Iowa tickets. Yeah, so I, I don't think they've purchased yet. So it's, uh, But, you know, uh, Chad, you, you jumped on the podcast late. You, you got into, like, the last five games. But, uh, you know, wh why was it time to sell? And, and what's different from tickets for less from Ticket Express? Great question. Um, you know, basically, um, I started Ticket Express uh, November 3rd of 92. So, um, uh, 30 years ago is when I started. That was when 1992. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was a senior in college then. So um, it's been, you know, kind of a, a really great ride. And we weren't for sale. But yet at the same time, everything's for sale. And they approached us, um, you know, about a year ago. And we started having conversations. And then 
um, everything kind of came together pretty quickly back in March, and uh, it's just been a really great fit. Um, we still have our office one block north of 90th and Center, so if people want to stop by you know, and see us, they can still do that. Um, the name's changed, but really a lot of the things have, have not changed a, a whole heck of a lot. The, the, basically, we're a lot deeper now in what we can cover. Um, obviously, we can still do College World Series, Nebraska football, Creighton basketball, all that good stuff. But the relationships that um, Tickets for Less has across the country, um, all over the place, like we have offices in St. Louis, um, we have an office down in uh, Alabama, and um, just the relationships with the schools, the teams, um, we have much, much, much more inventory than we've ever had before. Which is kind of impressive to me, because I'm thinking about, I, I mean, this was a handful of years ago, but I got, I got Spurs tickets through you guys. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. That's kind of impressive for you to say that when I think about how kind of when you looked at Ticket Express, I always viewed that as a, man, if I need, if I need tickets for anything, I can get it from you guys. And I never had problems getting that. Like I said, it was one of those, it was a quick, mildly unplanned weekend trip. Hey, we're down here. Let's catch a Spurs game. Call up Ticket Express. Boom, got my two tickets. We're rolling. The fact that you're looking, saying, talking about tickets, tickets for less, and saying, hey, we've got better reach. We got better inventory now. That's kind of saying something. Yeah, and you know, basically, we we didn't have a, a bad entity or a bad company. Otherwise, they wouldn't want to have merged with us and purchased us, but yet at the same time, um, it's just been a, a really fun transition, a great transition, and you know, basically we have better connections for things that people really want to go to, whether it's the Super Bowl, uh, the Final Four, the Masters, um, any of that stuff. Kind or, of some of these big ticket events, I mean, yeah. pun unintended when yeah. you say that, but I mean, it's some of these name events. Yeah, and you know, the Terrence Crawford fight is coming up here December 10th. That's going to be another really big thing. Um, we never really thought we'd get another fight here in Nebraska, but um, you know, the, we're, we're doing local stuff, we're doing national stuff, um, and, it, and it's just been a really, really fun transition, really fun ride. Probably less stressful for you now too, right? It has been. So, <laughs> absolutely. But, but I think we need to, 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 to and even though um, people need to understand that it's still, it's still local too. You haven't lost that local flavor. I stopped by your office the other day. You got your staff in the office, and it's still nothing really has changed. So you're still buying local when you buy from tickets for, for less. Absolutely, and you know, basically, we the the, the key is that we have remained, um, you know, very consistent over the past 30 years about, you know, not only how we treat our the people that are looking to purchase tickets, but the people that want to sell tickets to us as well. And those are really the key relationships that we have. Um, you know, a lot of people think that we start, start off with a big stockpile of tickets, and when they're gone, they're gone. We get new tickets in and out every day. And they just announced um, earlier today that the Wisconsin game is going to have an 11 a.m. kick. And so, you know, there's going to be more 
tickets on the market, which is a good thing if you're wanting to buy tickets because you're going to be able to get in below face value um, very easily for the Wisconsin game. This so, and if you want to go to the Wisconsin game, which is the final home game of the year, you can go online to ticketsforless.com. When you purchase your tickets, you're going to get a below face value most likely, and then you're going to put in the promo code called DOCTALK, and you're going to save even more money. Say yeah, basically you put in that promo code and you save five percent over the total purchase price, and that's not only good for Nebraska football; that's good for anything. So, you know, if you're wanting to, you know, go see Taylor Swift next year on one of her stadium dates, you can see that. Uh, if you want to go see, you know, Elton John or anybody else who's coming around, you can. Uh, save 5% off your uh, total purchase price with that promo code. Now, there's no fees as well at, at Ticket for Less. Yeah, right? there's no fees. And basically, that was one of the things that you know was really important to me as far as the part of the negotiation was concerned is because in you know our 29, 30 years in business, we've never had um, a service fee where you're surprised at the end of the transaction. Um, you know, I was looking at... Uh, uh, I think it was a, a foreigner show that is coming up at the, the Ralston Arena, Liberty First Arena. And, you know, their per ticket fee on the last page all of a sudden jumps up to like an $18 per she, ticket she service step charge. Up, I mean, before I, before, because <laughs> Owen and his girlfriend didn't know that, you know, I knew you. Yeah. Right. And she was looking at StubHub the other day for Iowa tickets. It was a $30 fucking fee at the end. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you know, thirty bucks. Basically, like for real. I mean, on StubHub, it was thirty dollar fee. That's a thirty percent. I mean, if that was a Husker ticket, that's a thirty percent fee. That's huge. Yeah. Well, and you know, our thing is that. And I get. I mean, and I get. I mean, as a second, third hand broker, you've got to make some money. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I mean. When you're sitting there and saying, "Hey, there's going to be oh, by the way, after we after we take our initial markup, this, this, and that, there's an additional thirty percent markup. That's huge. Uh, it actually, it's more than that because I remember the ticket. She was looking at a forty-nine dollar ticket. At mm -hmm. the end, it was a thirty dollar fee. That's a, that's crazy. And, and <laughs> that's I, my, I, see, I got, I got season tickets at yeah. Nebraska. You know, <laughs> face value on my season ticket. Well. Actually, I, I stand corrected. It's, it's like fifty bucks per, so it's like two season tickets or a hundred dollars. But yeah, that's mind, I, but that's mind blowing though that you'd have that kind of markup. But see, that's what makes ticket for less stand out from the crowd. You don't, you're not going to get that. Well, and nobody likes surprises. Like if you're going and booking an airline ticket, you know the price that you see on page one is going to be the same price that you're going to see on the final page. But in, unfortunately, in our industry, a lot of our competitors have kind of figured out that they can trick people. And then on the very, very last step, once you put your credit card in, not after, but once you put your credit card number in, then you can see what the final price is. We want that process to be transparent. And we've always felt like that's the way it needs to be. And, you know, sometimes we lose some sales from that because people will say, you know, you're not as cheap as, you know, Vivid Seats or StubHub or whatever the case may be. But in all actuality, we're, you know, 99% of the time less expensive than anything that you're going to see out there. Chad, it's, uh, it's, I'm glad you came back on the, on the podcast. We've Me changed too. a lot since the, I mean, you, you were one of the original ones. We got video now. We're like, I know. We're all I mean, it's all, it's all fancy dancy. So and you I do, love it. You do look good on YouTube. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. What's that? 
You look good on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, this has been uh, a blast, and I was glad that I could come out today and uh, and join the podcast, and you guys do a great job. And, um, you know, the the one thing I will say is that um, that Deion Sanders rumor was running (laughs) pretty rampant on Friday. You started that? I did not. But, you know, you guys could, you know, drop so many names so easily um, just to kind of get more interest and more views. And you don't. No. Like you're, you're, you're honest with the li- listeners and everybody that I talk to that listens to the podcast on a regular basis. That's what they love about yeah, you guys. I, well, we try. We Just stop chasing the golden calf. Is what I just, well, and I'm one of those guys that, dude, I've been saying this from the get-go. We're not going to know who it's going to be. Like I said, until Trev points to that guy next to him at the podium and says, I'd like to introduce so-and-so as... Nebraska's next head coach. We're not going to know who it is. Yeah. Which I got to ask you, what would you think if it was Dion? I'd be surprised. I mean, I, I really, really would, would you be surprised. like it though or not? From a ticket sales standpoint, I would love it. <laughs> yeah. I would love it um, to get you know kind of a you know a, a marquee name in here. I think that you know when uh, uh, Bill Riley was uh, or Mike, Mike Riley, Riley, sorry. Uh, when he was announced, a, a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads, saying, "Who? Well, who's, that, who's that?" Well, that's because Sean Eichhorst was an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, which, and I mean, I'd be fine with the nondescript head coach as long as they're a great head coach. I'm perfect. I mean, look, it's not like Lance Leipold is this like Broadway lights name guy. It's not like Chris Kleiman is this Broadway lights kind of name guy. I would take either of those guys in a heartbeat right now. Because they're good coaches. They're good coaches. Yeah, I mean, I just want a good coach. I mean, there's a reason Deion Sanders, there's a reason his nickname's Neon. I get it. But you know what? There's value that comes with that. For a guy like him, there is. But at the same time, he's also shown that he whether he can coach or not he's at least shown he can get some decent coaches yes. to come in and work you know with you him. know what made tom osborne so great is he had great people around him you know what made hayden fry so great he had great people around him great yeah although i i would also say about osborne the guy micromanaged everything so in terms of running an offense if you told me hey we got a new old coordinator it's tom osborne i'd be like guess what he can do that. Okay. Does it quite well. All right. Chad, good catching up, my friend. Good to see you guys. All right, buddy. We'll, we'll, we got one more of these to do this year, so we'll uh, we'll have you back. Uh, that right sounds good. Christmas. I'd love to come back. Cool. Chad Carr from uh, Tickets for Less. Chad loves beer. He does love beer. Loves beer a lot. So, uh, yeah, so it's always good. Go to ticketsforless.com. That's ticketsforless.com. Uh, you're probably going to find some uh, Husker tickets for uh, less in face value coming there up for go. the Wisconsin game. Well, although that might be just a function of the Husker ticket itself. Well, but that's true. I, I just I like the fact that, like I said, I've gone to I, I've gone, I went to Ticket Express in the past. Yeah. And it was occasionally these short notice kind of obscure things like hey i need a, i need two tickets for such and such you guys got anything and it was always like yeah where do you want to sit do you want box seats do you want to just be up high do you want to be down low right near the stage tell me what you want we've got them and it's that's one of those things that we've always been able to get that i say we that's something that chad's always been able to get 
the fact that when he says you look at tickets for less is going to have even more reach to get and provide that, that's one of those things where I look at that and I'm like, boy, this might be kind of fun to play around with moving forward in terms of yeah. sporting events, entertainment, stuff like that. It's all good stuff. So so we're now waiting for Connor Orr to come on up. Connor needs to get his ass yeah, over yeah. here. So, you know, Connor, <laughs> uh, with Orr, Horgan, and Flinty, uh, the, you know, Connor, I sit, sit your ass down. All right, so I just want it to be known that I've told Dr. Rob probably five to ten times to give you a call about this. And I never phone. did. I didn't. No, I, don't, I he, didn't do it. But see, he thinks I'm not doing my job. He I'm kind of I'm not reaching out to him. <laughs> I'm kind of big time, Trev. I'm, I'm, a, I'm I know, a known entity. I know you're a known entity. People and, know me. But, you know, I, I try to play connector, and yeah. for some reason you're not letting me I call you. I call you back when I decide I'm calling I see. You that's, back. that's what it is, Connor. Actually, I just got busy. I got It's fourth quarter, dude. It's deductible season. <laughs> well, it's not a big deal. We've this is, yeah. Which I, it, this is like this is like when your accountants, guys doing your taxes. This this is like March and April for those guys. This is us for doctors. See, it's it's just nailed into our head as attorneys. Follow up with the client. Follow up with the client. So <laughs> it's literally I, I have calendar ticklers to be like, okay, text draft. Because if I don't, I mean, you just lose track of it, right? Hundred I mean, percent. So your NIL symposium is coming up uh, this week, right? At the uh, at the University of Nebraska Law School. What's going to happen uh, as you talk about NIL to, to to the students and everybody down there? So, really, this is kind of a brainchild of how do we get more resources to the kids? I mean, we all went to college. You're you go in and ten minutes into class, you're jacking around online or texting or you know, back in your days, you know, you're you're talking about the invention of the wheel and whatnot. Yeah, but, well, I used, uh, I used mail back then. <laughs> but it's amazing it, how well rubbing two sticks together works when you want fire. <laughs> but point is, what we really wanted was a basic toolkit. You know, if if they don't, they have classes. Lincoln's got it really well set up, um, and it's different when you can just get everything down to like 90 minutes. Something that people can pay attention yep. to. If, if you listen to nothing else, here's a collection of people that are actually involved in NIL at Lincoln, some of them at multiple universities, some of them at Creighton and Lincoln and UNO, um, that know what they're doing. They've had their hands on these contracts. They've had their hands on these deals. Um, and we just want to share the basics of the knowledge and provide a list of names and contacts that, hey, if you have a question, reach out. Because... You know, we've seen a few of these contracts come in that these kids are signing, and you guys know enough about contracts that the primary reason they exist. Yeah, you know what I know? I know not to sign them anymore. Not without talking to an attorney. No, I, I just told my last one I'm not signing, so that was a good way to do it. Was it Pat? No, it wasn't Pat. It was so, well, Pat would represented me, yes. He, uh, <laughs> he did, and he told me not to sign it, so I told, you, I told the person I'm not signing it. Well, if Pat told you not to sign it, it's probably good advice. Um but we've seen a few of these contracts come in. I kid you not, there's there's one we read that was a, a good form, but the kid agreed for two to three thousand dollars was all he was paid out. Uh, to indemnify and I'm not gonna throw anybody in the bus, indemnify a Fortune five hundred company from any and all third party claims. So if somebody sues the company for the content that they told the kid to put out, he has to pay for their attorneys and pay for the uh, verdict. That's insane. See, and, and how many people don't know this stuff, right? I mean, 
That, and, and was he already represented by the collective? He was not. Okay. No, this was an individual deal. Okay. Um, but point point is, there, you're not. You got a 19 year old kid, a 20 year old kid. You, they're they're they not going to know that. No, because no, you're thinking, what's two or three thousand bucks, right? I mean, you're like, well, okay. for a 19 year old yeah. kid, that's a shit. Ton no, but of money. what I'm saying from silent, why, why do I want to go to a lawyer to look at this when it's only two or three thousand bucks? Now it's not worth my time. I'm Agreed. Just yeah. In, in lawyer fees. Sure, I'll sign that. Not reading the fine print. Well, and then especially on the, all these one-off deals, like. They're like, you know, hey, this is just money in my pocket. No. Now you need to go talk to an accountant. If you're not withholding anything and you're just going to get 1099 at the end of it because the business is going to want to write off. You know, in these these kids need at a bare minimum. Here's people who know what they're talking about. If you have questions, call them. And, you know, I'll, if you guys want to transition into it, one thing I have you have you read the new guidelines that no. they put out there? So the NCAA recently put out new guidelines on this and a lot of it. It was all well-intended, and a lot of it, I think, was very good. Um, but there's one that I take a lot of issue with, and that's that they're limiting what the university can provide at, like, the law school, business school level to these kids. Um, they're saying they can't get from free a, advice. From, from a, okay, from an advisory standpoint, the university's got limitations placed. So essentially, essentially what it says is if it's not available to everybody at the university – and it's only available to athletes. You can't do it. Well, hold so, on. You know how much is available to athletes is not available to the rest of the university? Correct. Training table, um, a specialized weight room, tutors galore, uh, flights to where the next game is. That's so stupid. Okay, come on, dude. Actually, at Nebraska, any student can eat at the training table. Any? For free? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> okay. you said like, like 50% the cost. Above and beyond. With okay. The how, many, how many people got the actual tutoring services I'm, that athletes got? No, and I totally get that. I, I obviously I say that tongue in cheek. You know, the thing that I find that's kind of interesting is that I remember when I was in school down in Lincoln, there was in fact an actual university-based through the law college. Uh, legal advisory board that if you as a UNL student had a legal issue, you could go through this legal advisory board for, for I mean, it was basically legal advice on any specific issue. I, I mean, if, if you had a DUI and got in a car wreck and you needed advice, you'd go through the legal advisory board. Well, and all it is is baseline advice. Yeah. And here's here's the other thing is that it, they're missing, the NCAA missed it again. They're missing an opportunity to grow hands-on learning for the students of the law schools, the business schools, entrepreneurial programs. Uh, they, they can use this as hands-on learning you know, because advising them now is no different than what they're going to do when they get out in the real world, you know, as opposed to just doing everything from a textbook. So I'm pounding the drum of you missed it two ways. You missed baseline advice for the athlete, and you missed an opportunity to grow practical learning for, for the student body. Not only practical, but real world, which you never get in college, right? Real, world, real world experience is hard to come by. It just is. Well, I mean, how many times did you go into a simulation lab? Yeah, it's simulation, but it's not the same yeah. sticking a needle No, 100%, in but at the same time, too, I look at the NC2A, and I look at it from the standpoint of the NC2A having – opportunities for survival 
and I'm talking about the NC2A itself, like where the NC2A itself could look at these situations and say, hey, here's a place where we can evolve and exist in the modern world of college athletics. And it's like they keep taking these opportunities and throwing them away. And here's, here's a workaround that in reading their rules, I think there's enough space for it. So let me use an analogy to start because I think I'm past the statute of limitations on this. In high school, we had open football camps so that we could wear have padded practices earlier than we probably should have. They were open to the public. We weren't required to advertise them. Do you see where I'm going? So, yeah. so I think there's still enough wiggle room to say, well, it's open to everybody. They just chose not to use it. And there's no, it doesn't say you have to advertise it that there's, way. So I'd like to see yeah, somebody challenge it. There's technical stuff there that exists. So, so I think you can work around it, and I hope people try, because I, I think what Lincoln had prior to this and what, what Creighton was developing, what UNO was developing, I think was good for the student body, good for the athlete. Um, and, and so I hope they go to challenge it in some interesting fashion because I, I, I just think there, there could have been a way to tailor it because what they were trying to do was keep the athletic departments from abusing it. And I think they could have tailored it, well, as long as the athletic department's not involved, directly involved in that advice for this point in time, then it's okay. Who cares if they're involved at this point in time? I mean, to well, me, to me I, I say you get rid of these stupid collectives and just let the universities pay them. Let them, I, I, I'm, I'm becoming more in favor of the employee model more and more. I really am. It'll get there. It's probably a better, well, I don't know, Connor, you tell me if I'm wrong when I say this. It's like one of the questions that came up really early on when it came to sort of like pre-NIL discussions of compensating athletes in some way, shape, or form. Oh, well, how are you going to handle taxes? And it's one of those things I'm sitting here going like, well, you know what, if the universities take the money and actually pay the athletes directly, it... It's, it's see, in my mind, it's, you're, you're going to have your standard withholding. You're going to, like, there you go. It's, it's going to be a way, it's going to streamline that process way more than it is currently. And it seems like a much better way, a far easier way to regulate it than what we've got right now. I agree. I agree. Because it's, it's no different than plugging in a, another employee into payroll. Exactly. And, and obviously, universities have enough employees. That's simple. Now, so from a practical standpoint, I think that's a really good point. But well, and that's a, been used as an argument against NIL and universities paying athletes. And I'm sitting here going like, that's not an argument against, that's an argument for. Agreed. Agreed. And, and especially from a withholding standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, I, I do think you're eventually going to get to some, whether it be an independent contractor model or whether it be... Um, you know, direct employee of the university, time's, time's going to tell. You know, the, the regulatory reworking that we're going to have to have, especially with Title IX and everything. That's, I think that's what's holding it up. Correct. Title, Title IX, because, I, I mean, we're, how, much, how much do you pay? What's the worth of one individual? What's the worth of, you know, your superstar as opposed to a guy who's on scholarship but never played? I do, and I, and I understand that argument in terms of yeah, but here's the, the, argument. the universe. Football fucking pays the bills. It does, although it's kind of interesting, <laughs> though, when you look at a school like Nebraska. Am I where, wrong? No. Where women's volleyball, from an NIL standpoint, they're some of the better money. I mean, are they Casey Thompson? No. no. 
But they're some of the better money makers within the collective scope of all student athletes at a university at a place like a Big Ten school like Nebraska, volley, the volleyball well, players are higher on that list. Ray Gun, and you right. guys are wearing two Ray Gun shirts. Uh, Ray Gun is big in the NIL sphere. They, uh, um, Markowski's got uh, some some Ray Gun gear. A couple of volleyball players have some Ray Gun, and that's the way. And I think that's the way we envision NIL, right? You get a nice little cute little T-shirt. You go sell them. You get some of the proceeds. You yep. get that. I mean, that's the way we envisioned it. We didn't envision the collectives that are taking place and the hundreds of thousands of dollars that are being paid for for football players. And by the way, it doesn't always work. Jimbo Fisher. And Texas A&M, what, put up $38 million last year, they said? And look at that. That dude's won three games. Yeah. And, yep. his, and his buyout's $96 million. Just as good as Nebraska. Hey, uh, hey, on the flip side, we could get Jimbo Fisher's Nebraska <laughs> coach. I want to start that rumor right now. There you, the golden calf. There you go. What's what's the buyout at now? $96 million. Man, that's nothing. <laughs> that's what's scary is we look at, like, Kirk Ferentz and we look at Jimbo Fisher, and those guys somehow work deals till. Ensure that they will never get fired. Well, I mean, at least Kirk Ferentz has been there 22, 23 years now, right? And I as mean, a tracker, and guess what? He's going to win the Big Ten West this yeah. year. I mean, his the, and the goal in there, his, his incentive is to win seven games. So that's it. That's where he gets the bonus. Yeah. What is the bonus? It's, you know? a, uh, it's a, like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Just a little bit yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little, little Dude. bit of money. Well, it's like two hundred grand. No, I got to go back and look. I don't know what exactly. Like, give me what you think it actually uh, might it be. Might just be, pure curiosity. It might be another five hundred thousand to win seven games or something. No, like here's here's a Wait, question. Wait, five hundred thousand is more than a couple hundred thousand. I know that. I've had a couple beers. Stop it. I don't have the contract on. Okay, do you understand? But nineteen ninety seven, Tom Osborne, his. His total package in 97 was $250,000. And the only reason it was $250,000 is because he had a 50 grand bonus for winning the national title. <laughs> Things have changed. He been. won his third national title and picked up an additional 50K, which he promptly distributed amongst his assistant coaches. I get it. I understand it. And all his shoe money went to the assistant coaches too, right? All the camp money, yeah. everything went to those guys. Yeah. So here, here's a question for you on that, Rob. Because uh, I was six years old in 1997. What did a six-pack of beer Okay, that made me feel really bad about the general state of affairs. <laughs> okay, one, I did not buy beer by the six-pack. I bought it by the case. And a case, I, I was a Keystone Light guy. Oh, there you go. God. <laughs> no bitter beer face, God, baby. God, dude. All right, so who, are you? Okay, well, can it you was. say who you represent? It was, it was usually, depending on the sale and where you went, whether it was Food for Less or Super Saver in Lincoln, it was either $4.99 or $5.99 for the case. <laughs> now, here's my question, Travis. Yeah. Uh, you're going to say Bush Light, aren't you? For what? What was my six-pack? Yeah, like any question, the answer is going to be no, Bush Light. No, I was horrible. You know what we ended up doing at Grandview is that uh, there's a quick shop right down the street from my dorm. I just went down and got a 40 old style. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Actually, you got a couple of those beers like PBR and old style. 
It's like my younger. There was nothing like drinking a forty, man. There Dude, was just... my my brother always had the always had the line. He goes, you know, there's a reason PBR won a blue ribbon at some point. So, <laughs> exactly. So uh, we've we've got a couple of athletes we represent. Who you who uh, you represent? So we've represented Nolan Sullivan and Tyler Weiss at UNO so far. Okay. Um, UNO hockey. UNO hockey. Okay. Um, UNO now has its own collective. It is just formed. Um, we are setting up meetings with them. Um, and I think they're going to be interested in both individual and group deals. Um, and there was a really interesting one that uh, called me because one of our athletes reached out to them. There is a uh, Division II and FCS collective that formed out of Sioux City. So uh, the Gooseman Law Firm called us, and they said, hey, one of your athletes reached out. We found out they were represented. We wanted to let you know, like, hey, we didn't talk after we found out they're represented. I was like, oh, thanks. You know, what What were they calling you for? And they, they actually represent one that wants to be a collective for all of Division Two, all of FCS, because they, I told you guys it was coming. The, the, everybody, the lower-level sports are, are going to get involved. They have to. And if you want to recruit, if you want to be yeah. able to recruit, this is, you have to get involved. So they're, they're going to try a shotgun approach, from what I understand, and get after – all D2, FCS, smaller programs. And I think I don't think they're sports-specific. Um, so I was really excited to hear that. But um, our first deal that we, we did with Tyler and with Nolan was with a uh, beer and pretzel hockey league team. So Team AU sponsored them. Nice. So, uh, which I thought was Wait, su- super on. on brand for hockey. You just said a, a beer and pretzel hockey league. BPHL. It's the men's. It's the men's league here in Omaha. Nice. So the, they've got a, a number of former UNO players, um, and I think they took the right approach. A lot of it was like, where are get, they playing at? <sighs> they used to be out of Tranquility, but I think okay. PHL now it's is out of Ralston, Ralston now. Oh, Ralston. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. there's what three sheets of ice at Ralston. Well, two technically. Yeah, right? Tranquility was yeah. where I was gonna. Yeah. That's kind of where I was thinking you were gonna tell me. But. So they used to have. Uh, I played the last year of it was Masha. They used to have full contact men's league. Nice. Those guys are nuts. I was I was like ninth or tenth grade and dropped in and played with them. And uh, old UNO player Lampman came in, and that that was the last game I wore my old chest pad because it was too short. You could read "Made in Canada" on my stomach when he hit that slap shot. On it. Nice. You could read it. It was awful. Made in Canada. I like it. Um, Connor, I, I, I appreciate you stopping by. Always good stuff. We're going to do one more of these. Uh, we'll be down at the, uh, the cross train down at Papillion probably uh, before the end of December. Always good catching up with you. You happy with everything? You, you good? Absolutely. Good. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shamelessly plug the NIL thing one more time. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. And so it's going to be on the 18th at the law school, uh, 12 o'clock. Anybody are, can go. Anybody can go. There's an event right that's out there, so sign up so that we okay. get enough food for you. But we're going to have uh, – we're flying in Dan Lust, who's going to be the guest speaker there. Chris Brown speaking. Mike Zorb's going to speak. Um, you've probably never heard of Mike, but he's he's the brains, one of the brains behind uh, Open Doors. He's going to okay. be there. Steve Nabia from Lutz is going to be there. Yep. Uh, my partner Tom Horgan's going to be there. His brother Jack Horgan, uh, who's a genius when it comes to any SAS agreements. Don't ask me what that stands for. It's all over, that's outside of my lane. SAS would be what uh, Open. Like open source uh, technology stuff, right? Great. They're all technology yeah. contracts yeah. But in, in proprietary information. Yeah. So there's going to be a ton of brain power in the room. Um, and I, I, I'm really excited. I think we're going to have good attendance. Good. Well, congratulations Love to everything. It. And we, we met, what, uh, 
in the summer, you, I mean, your life has changed so much, and this has taken off like I think you knew it was going to take off. And I think uh, uh, more and more good stuff's going to come. OHFlaw.com. He still does some litigation. Get him now because he's going to be a full-time sports agent pretty soon. <laughs> he won't be able to go to court for you. So uh, uh, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yep. Can you do me a favor? Can, Thank you, sir. can you tap him on the shoulder and come over and tell him to come talk beer with me? Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So we, we are at Cross Train. We are at the Draftworks, the Millwork Commons Draftworks. And uh, before we get out of here, we're going to talk about the beer that we have and then uh, uh, talk a little beer. Um, because our buddy, our buddy Jeff Hardy, he, he decided to go. Uh, oh, they were going. To, he and Jessica are going out of town. Yeah, what they, the hell? I, I, I know. Probably I go know. watch Michigan State play, a sport somewhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're at uh, Indianapolis for the uh, that tournament, like Duke and. Oh, so oh, they they stay. did go there yeah. for the yeah, basketball right. tournament. Correct. Yeah, they did. So I I kind of I kind of always suspected that okay, it's it's going to be. They're they're both big Tom Izzo fans, so I kind of figured it's like you know uh, Jessica's dragging Jeff off for some somewhere where Tom Izzo's at. They're going to be there. So I should remember your name, but I don't. So. Uh, my name is Doug. I'm the general manager across the Oh, nice, nice, Doug. And I, I did have that in the email that was Doug. What's your last name, Doug? Uh, Vescurna. Vescurna. Yep. What, what nationality is that? Czech. I was going to say, it sounds rather Slovak. And yep. I'm, sitting here going like, <laughs> I'm sitting here going like, I like him already. You know, I, I, I love DraftWorks. I love Millwork Commons. Uh, th this is great. I tell you what, I had this Koala Tears. Is that what it's called? Yep. This this is banana and vanilla. And they actually kill two koalas. You know it. For each beer. See, Rob, people are going to believe you. Yep. And you're going to have to do it. I see. 100%. But and Deion Sanders, Nebraska's next head coach. You heard it right from Zach Smith. So how exactly, many? Exactly. Zach Smith kills koalas. So how many beers does DraftWorks have of its own going right now? Uh, right now we're actually completely full. We've got uh, 30, uh, 29. One of them is uh, CO2 for our crowd machine, but we have 29 yeah. beers on tap. Wow. We have a lot. Is, uh, what's the big seller right now, especially as it gets colder? Because a lot of people wouldn't drink this when it gets cold. Correct. No. I will because Rob and I like that sour. Thing is like del that thing is freaking delicious. Yes, it is. But no, this time of year you're getting to that more uh, malty, roasty stuff. So our Dunkel is a uh, dark, like, German beer. So that German might lager. be. So that's like your brown. Kind of. It's a little more yeah. It's a little more chocolatey okay. than, like, a normal brown. Uh, and then we also have an oat stout on, like an oatmeal oh, stout. So it's, like, love. super roasty. You know, it's definitely this time of year once we get. So you and I kind of Trav, Trav and I kind of got into the the stouts there for a while because we we were doing all the recordings. Oh people, yeah, people like, this beer from all around the country. I know that's well, a good thing. Like, but at, we were doing all of our recordings at like 9 a.m. on Sunday <laughs> for a while there, <laughs> and it was one of those. Okay, well, it's it's either going to be Bloody Marys or like breakfast stouts. There you go. So we went the stout. We yeah. we were living the stout life yep. for a while there. Yeah, we're going to have some good ones coming out here pretty okay, shortly. Awesome. Like what? Like what? Give, us, give us a tea. Uh, uh, we have a cherry pistachio oh. coming out pretty soon. Very soon. God, that just sounds like a giant Christmas slap in the face. Yep. yep. It's it, fantastic. Anything peppermint? Oh, dude, We no. maybe have a special keg or two no. of, of a peppermint beer. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going you're gonna to be surprised at how well this turns out. Oh, I don't know, dude. Let me ask you this. Okay, October just ended. Do you guys do a pumpkin beer, pumpkin ale? We did one for the first time ever this year. 
Um, only How did it go over? Only well, it went over ridiculously well. But we did. We have a we had a special we had a special event out west that one of the owners' wives had a big uh, pumpkin festival where we sold pumpkins and hay bales and corn stalks and all that fun stuff. So they wanted a pumpkin beer. So we did 15 gallons of it. So we did one keg of it. 15 gallons. Yes. That's it. That's it. And we that sold does, out that day. That does not sound like much. It's not. It's just one. It's your, it's your normal one size of keg. It's your one okay. keg. It's one keg. So with Thanksgiving right around the corner, uh, what would be your, if somebody wants to come to either the, the store and uh, is it Papillion or La Vista? La Vista, technically. Okay. It's weird. It's, it's on that weird borderline there. The or even down here to, to DraftWorks. What beer would you recommend for the Thanksgiving feast? So you can either go one of the two ways. I'd, either the dark would go with the Dunkel or the Oatmeal Style. It's called okay. Big Shot because one of our, our guy who made that, he's a big uh, basketball fan, and he's the Denver Nuggets guy, and he, we were just laughing about the uh, L.A. Lakers and just, you know, how terrible they've been, which has been fun to laugh at and stuff like that. So that's why we named that one Brickshot. Uh, but other than that, we also have our uh, Hell's Creek, our lager base, that we have cranberry and cinnamon added to it. It's fantastic. Light tartness from the cranberry comes in there, but it's not overwhelming. You get the nice juiciness from there. And that cinnamon just gives you a little bit of warmth, and it's not overwhelming. Like, I know some people... Think about cinnamon, and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't want much. the pumpkin. I don't. I do not no, want the pumpkin spice nope. latte of nope. beer. Correct. No, it's not That's that. The thing I do not want. No, nope. okay. it's slightly tart with that cranberry, and the cinnamon just adds a nice warmth to it. Kind of rounds out that tart. Okay, it's, it's fantastic. Okay. That's our inflatable snowman. That's really good. We actually canned okay. that this year. Well, I was going to say, I saw, I saw that one up on the menu board yep. here. It's That's, been rolling through. Yep. Second one, second time, second year we've done it. We canned it this year, so. 16 ounce cans. Now I'm a little I'm biased, but uh, yeah, both locations are awesome. But this is still my favorite because it's so it's super cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's growing and things like that. Like, you know, Coneflower was in here the other day. They're having some beers and they're like they're getting really close to opening down here. Um, they haven't done that yet. I think they were supposed to do it like a long time ago. They were. Um, you know, everything else happened. They waited. They ordered their cooler like. Oh, God, like eight months ago, and it was supposed to be here within, like, a couple months, and then it got pushed back and yeah. pushed back. So, like, that was a major hang-up. Like, they have to build, like, everything kind of around their cooler. Yeah. So they couldn't they, – they finally yeah. got it in, so now they're getting close. And then there is another business. I can't announce it yet because it's not me and stuff like that. But there is going to be something down here, some food options. Oh, good. That are coming good. shortly. All right. So that will get announced here soon Which is well. going to be huge because when I sit around and I think about this, I'm always like – well, what food truck's going to be here yep. today? Yeah. I oh, mean, for sure. Is is Willie Dog's going to be down <laughs> here? Is there like I, I got I got to have something to eat? Yeah. So, so it's it's coming here shortly. That'll get announced. The rumor I heard will be in a week or two that that's going to drop the that big announcement. So we're very excited. It's an awesome local option. You know, it's pretty much a lot of the building here sticking local. Yep. You know, with uh, Art Type Coffee and Sweet Manola Bakery and us. You know, keeping cone flour, keeping a lot of things local. So that's kind of what it's turning into. Well, Doug, that's super cool. Remember, everybody, that uh, beer is a great holiday gift. Yes, it is. Uh, you can give it for Thanksgiving, give it for St. Nicholas Day. I don't know if you do you do St. Nicholas on the December 6th. We do. Uh, and we also do Christmas. So you can you can give Damn. a gift of beer. Wait, what's St. Nicholas Day? It's the Feast of St. Nicholas. Okay. Which is very popular in the Czech and German communities yep. where you would, you know, some use shoes, some use stockings. Because all of you justices, you guys are all... Hardcore she's, Czech. She's a Kotira. My wife's a Kotira. I don't even know. I what know that, that is. That Czech. sounds. That sounds Spanish. You no, know, it it's, does. It's Czech. That she, sounds. She's more Czech than you. Oh, jeez. 
Damn. That's dropping it hard. <laughs> yeah, it I'm is. just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's more checked. Than All you. right. There you go. Well, and along those lines, real quick, we're actually going to have like a special holiday pack from okay. the guild. Oh, cool. We're like a 12 thing. And like some of them will be uh, breweries that you don't get like a ton around here where we're doing some special stuff with that. And then so you're uh, bringing some other people's stuff. In. Mm -hmm. nice. So, yeah, it's a Nebraska thing that we're doing some some breweries that you normally don't like see out there and things like that. So we're going to drop them. We're going to have a 12 pack of an advent calendar for sale. So as Travis was saying, wait, when is this coming in? Because guess what? I probably love the start of advent. Guess right what? I love beer advent. Calendar. Yep. So we're going to drop it the week of uh, Thanksgiving. Nice. Have the week of, of Thanksgiving. Nice. Okay, that's next week, dude. No, it's a couple weeks. A week and like a half. Ten days away, correct? It's a week and a half. Because correct. I believe the following Sunday is the start of Advent. That's right. Sure. What so else? That's coming. It'll be a, a fun thing that we're doing to support the guild and local craft brewery. He doesn't go to church, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. <sighs> I'm Lutheran. We're we're like <laughs> we're like all the beer meet on Fridays and prophylactic clad sex. Ooh, that's right. The guild. There you go. That's right. There you go. Doug, thanks, buddy. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right. All thanks right. for having us down. We appreciate really it, guys. Good to appreciate. see you again, Doug. That's awesome. So get to uh, get to the uh, the draft works of Cross Train at Millwork Commons because this place is is super super cool. We've had a busy day, Doctor Rob. And We've they do it. They do it. Really they do a fun. They do a Star Wars trivia yeah. every Wednesday. It's yeah. great. Hey, we did, the, the, the one guy that couldn't make it today was Scotty Strong from Husker Hounds. He was up in Ann Arbor. But remember. Yeah, he uh, went hardcore on this game. He went hardcore. Uh, he Make sure to go to one of the two locations in the Omaha area or online at huskerhounds.com. Get your Nebraska gear, Creighton gear. And remember, uh, download the Doc Hawks or the Bet Fred Sports app today uh, and get a free $20 bet by using the promo code DOCTOCK. Dude, that's an hour and 52-minute podcast. That, that might be a record for us. We had guests. We did. We had we, beer. And by the way, we had beer. a lot of good feedback. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the Vince Ferragamo interview. A lot of it great was, feedback on that. We have so many good interviews. Yeah. Any Anytime we got a guest, just go listen. Yes, and uh, speaking of that, we're going to have another podcast drop uh, later on because we've got a guest coming in on Tuesday. He's a repeat guest. He's been one of the most popular ones. So uh, get ready for that. As Joe Moglia will be back in the studio coming up this we week. We might need to, like, restock your house's supply of beer just for that one. He's Dr. Rob Zaniska. I'm Travis Justice. Thanks for listening to the Doc Talk podcast presented by Betfred Sports. Mm -hmm.